got an Amazon delivery remotely from my phone. Will the wonders of technology never yeah. cease? Hey, it's a lamp. I there the light fixture in my room is on the absolute opposite wall of my bed like oh, the other end of the world basically. It's not a very big bedroom, but still. Um so if I want to do any hand sewing in bed at nighttime, it's just it's Doesn't all my feel. I'm bed? roughly ta- you know what? I also bought myself a like a shift nightgown because historically you would never wear like a corset and like foundational layers against your skin you would right. always have a shift underneath right. and then that's also just what you would sleep with it would be like cheap linen so that it would be sturdy and easy to wash regularly and because I'm a thousand years old I ordered one and so I sit in my shift and so in bed like a <laughs> ten thousand year old woman <laughs> with my facial piercings and my green hair I'm eclectic. I, you're what? Eclectic. Oh, I thought you said neclectic, and I was thinking, no. I don't think I know what that means. No. Is that a portmanteau? Okay. We com- do love our portmanteaus. Completely irrelevant switch, and I don't know if you'll be able to keep up with this switch either. I read today that Fraser Crane, at the beginning of Cheers, mm-hmm. is roughly the same age I am now, and that messes with my head a whole bunch. <laughs> a whole lot. Wow, and that show was... Like, what years did it air? I was like, Cheers before my 80s? time for sure. Yeah, Frasier was on when I was a kid, but Cheers, uh, I, I, I never saw an episode There's of Cheers. There's a Cheers church in Penticton. Huh. This is, this, this intro is, is, we are meandering. Extremely random. Yeah, yeah, this is quite the train. Climb aboard. <laughs> well, you don't know where we're going either. Well, I have a segue for that. Do you have a segue I for do, that? I do, I do, because uh, you were talking about trains, and I want to talk about planes and buses. And so. automobiles, great. So there you go. <laughs> uh, I want to talk about the lesson in the loop. Sure. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> great. Any idea? And I'm not talking about sewing. Um, have you ever wished that you could just hit rewind on some day, hour, or maybe minute of your life? Uh, it was in my 20s. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm getting old. <laughs> I don't like it. I'm 28. Oh, that is so not old. It's old for me. I didn't no. think I'd make it this far. No, I can't believe I... People are offering me seniors discounts without even asking me my age. I'm kind of offended. You're a grandmother. Well, I know, but I'm not 60 yet. Are you not? No. Huh. That is. I'm not. You go. Anyway. He's very old. Back on the the planes and automobiles (laughs) and loops and rewinding. Oh, you know, there's those moments where we drive off with our purse on the roof of our car oh. or our coffee or whatever, or or the day you miss the sign about how speeding fines are doubled in the construction zone that you race through. Or you park downtown and you don't realize that it is a handicapped parking spot. <sighs> I've done that twice. That's a $300 ticket. Oh, ow. I didn't even see it. Or the time you, you know, lost it and harsh words came out of your mouth and damaged a precious friendship before you returned to your right mind. Yeah. We all make mistakes, right? Mm. And we all sin. And while there's an important distinction between mistakes and sin that we will talk about, uh, the consequences of both 
it's are usually regret. Yes. Right? We desperately wish we could just hit the rewind button and have a do-over. I, I could come up with literally hundreds of examples, I'm sure. But one that comes to mind for me is of a trip to Phoenix mm. I took. A writer friend of mine um, invited me to spend a week with her writing in the sun instead of the snow. Naturally, I took her up on it because I was writing a book and... I really don't like winter very much. So um, we flew separately because I think we were both flying on points and stuff. And we had agreed to meet in the car rental terminal just a few minutes away from the airport by shuttle. So I arrived in Terminal 2. And by the way, Phoenix is a massive airport. Mm -hmm. It's huge. Well, and you and I are not the most directionally aware people. If this is going where I think it's going. <laughs> well, it might not be going the way you think it's going. Oh, great. I haven't heard this story, sure I don't think. So I arrived in Terminal 2. I collected my checked bag in record time. It was amazing how fast it came. And I jumped on the shuttle that seemed to be just sitting there waiting for me. It was amazing. And I got on the shuttle. I settled myself and my carry-on bag on that little bus. And I just thought, well, that was amazingly smooth. Fortuitous, yeah. And then the light bulb went on. As the bus pulled away from the curb. And I realized my mistake. And my first thought was, how could I be so dense? What, what was the mistake? Well, I realized I'd pulled my checked bag off the carousel, texted my friend to let her know I'd arrived, and then walked <sighs> away pulling my carry-on piece and leaving my suitcase Oh, behind. that's my nightmare. <laughs> yeah. So uh, while I was on a one-way trip to the rental car terminal, my suitcase was standing pathetically alone beside a baggage carousel in Terminal 2 like an abandoned puppy on the side of the highway. My my brain was immediately attacked by several destructive cognitive monsters. They were panic, shame, self-deprecation, and fear, to name a few. As the shuttle resolutely bore me away from my bag, I did my best to ignore the monsters and took the only action I could. I prayed that God would put a couple of burly angels around my suitcase and mm. keep it safe until I could get back to claim it. I just so desperately wanted to hit rewind at that moment to just quickly retrace my steps, erase my mistake with all its potential consequences and start over. But I knew as well as you do that there is no rewind in life. But thankfully, there is redemption. Mm -hmm. We talk about redemption a lot on this show. I, I just love the whole, the whole idea that God relentlessly takes our mistakes, yeah. um, difficult circumstances in our lives, and turns them into something good. So, arriving on the heels of the monster... Uh, the monsters that were attacking my brain, all the self-deprecating shame talk. A call came to my cell phone. Well, it turns out that my burly angels were named Jason from airport security and John from the airport detachment of the Phoenix police. It is hilarious <laughs> that both of those names appear in the Bible. Oh, it kind of is. Right? 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 So anyway, Sorry, I'm shifting in my chair. It's going to be loud. It squeaks. I'm antsy. <laughs> So Jason stood behind my or beside my suitcase until John arrived to take it to the lost and found <laughs> near Terminal Two. And then Luke and Mark and Hezekiah <laughs> showed up. <laughs> Meanwhile, so while this is happening, I jump off the shuttle at the rental car terminal and I breathlessly ask for directions to the bus that will take me back to the scene of my blonde moment. 
Terminal 2. In a few minutes, I was continuing the loop that would reunite me with my dear suitcase. (laughs) So there is a lesson in the loop. We can't rewind to undo our mistakes. There is no going back. But we can move forward. There is redemption. So how do we move forward? Well, first of all, by refusing to be paralyzed by shame, self-pity, and fear. This is where monitoring our self-talk comes in. Yeah. You know, we can answer every self-deprecating thought with truth. So can you think of a time when you wanted to claw back something you did? Yeah, it was pretty recent, actually. And you were there. And I think I've actually talked about it before, but it makes me want to crawl under a rock. Um, (laughs) Can't wait to hear. Yeah. So when I got back from Australia. Oh, I know, I know, I know. But it's still, I know you've, you've, you've said shame off me. I get it. But I'm so ashamed. Um, It had been a long day. It had been the same day for 40 hours, pretty much at that point. I'd said goodbye to my husband a million years ago, been on three flights. It was a lot. I was tired. And Um, and you don't know when you're going to see Scott again. Don't know when I'm going to see him again. I'd been wearing a mask for 40 solid hours. Like, I was just, I was all done. I was all done. And I was, um, I, I was so looking forward to getting home to my very cute little apartment that I had just moved into five months prior and hadn't seen for five months. Um, I was excited to see my cats. I was just excited to be home and crawl into the adorable bedding on my bed in my cute bedroom. And I got home and like nothing was where it normally is because someone had been staying there. They'd moved some furniture around, which they'd been given the okay to do, but they hadn't been, they hadn't moved anything back. Yeah. And stuff was missing. And one of my cats was very matted, which meant she'd been very upset and depressed, which was devastating for me, or I felt devastated by. And I, mom left, she drove me from the airport and they were going out of town and I completely freaked out. I, like, I couldn't find my bedding. And mom had taken my bedding to wash it and for, had forgotten to bring it back. I had other bedding. I could have slept in other bedding, but I wanted my cute bedding, which is so stupid. And I had this absolute temper tantrum that I'm so, I'm 28. And I think about Where all the things you, I freaked out about. And you I'm might like, have had a temper tantrum when you were alone. The yeah. phone call to me was not a temper tantrum. It felt like a temper no, tantrum. Were, it felt like upset. I was coming unglued about very stupid things and you guys had to come back and like bring things to my house when I had other bedding. It was a lot. I just, I freaked out and I'm so not proud of it. And And, and you and dad both have been like that this is fine and honestly we're surprised you didn't fall apart sooner which I so appreciate that Grace but I look back and I'm like that is how a child behaves you were behaving like a child you could have slept with the quilt that you had and the sheets that you had everything is fine and fixable the furniture's out of place it doesn't have to move tonight it can move tomorrow but I insisted I wanted to move it tonight and if (laughs) Well, I felt really badly because, of course, after such a long trip and such an emotionally and physically exhausting day that went on for several days. Several days, yeah, (laughs) two days. I really, I felt really badly that things weren't 
And I, I had tried to sort of think ahead of... And you had. You had an I air just, freshener there for me, which was so kind because the the place smelled like cats a lot. And, like, I would never even have thought of that. And that's so considerate. And I, wow. and then you felt badly that you hadn't considered enough. And then I was just like, way to go. You made your mom feel bad for her, <laughs> even though she did so much more than she ever needed to do at all. And I just like, uh, I, I hate that memory. I, I hate it. Well, I get it because I have... A lot of memories like that, too. But you need to... I mean, it's easy for me to say you I know. need to let that go. I know I need to let it go, yeah. but it, it's it, ooh, it's one of those corners of my brain that I'm like, that's real ugly. That mm. is ugly. No. I hate that memory. I'm, like, tearing up because I... Oh, I'm so embarrassed and oh. so ashamed. So your self-talk, you were accusing yourself of what? Being immature, being a baby basically freaking out over something that doesn't matter being being a princess or being precious as mm. you or I might call it like yeah putting a lot of value on things that so don't matter they don't matter you're home safe in a pandemic you didn't die you didn't crash you like you lived you're home you made it hooray yeah um so how could you have spoken truth to yourself in that moment um i could have said Feelings aren't rational, and this is how you feel, and that's allowed. You have had a very long, very emotional day. Traveling is exhausting for everyone. And I don't even know where else I would go with that. But it's not unreasonable that you reacted unreasonably, basically. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. Yeah. And when we tell ourselves the truth... We avoid compounding an already difficult situation by heaping shame on ourselves. Yeah. Like, you had enough going on. You didn't need the shame storm. I know. (laughs) (laughs) And shame is never constructive. It won't help us uh, find the steps to set things right. Yeah. It, It might even paralyze us. Yep. Once we tell ourselves the truth, we can take forward redemptive steps to repair the damage, right the wrongs, or at least bring meaning to them. And I mean, in your situation, it might be, okay, I do have other bedding. Yeah. So I can just, you know, I, I'm disappointed. Whatever. But yeah. I just need to sleep tonight. We'll figure the rest out tomorrow. Yeah. Kind of a thing. Um and, and when we do tell, tell ourselves the truth, we're, we're more able to, to set things right. Um, in my case, that meant getting off the bus, going the wrong way, and finding the bus heading back to the terminal, right? When we've sinned against someone else, I mean, y- your example, my example, weren't sinning against someone else. Mine feels like sin against you, and I know it's not, but it feels mm. it feels like you're so ungrateful. Your parents did so much for you, and you were just complaining, and that's silly. But carry on. <laughs> okay, you need to fix that song. I know. Um, but when, it, when we have sinned against someone, it means we need to circle back to our sin and ask for forgiveness, mm-hmm. and then take the steps to be sure that we don't repeat yeah. the offense, whatever it was. And secondly, uh, we need to look for the lessons that God has for us in the mess. There are a lot of things we can learn through our mistakes. Maybe, you know, for you it will be that God's love isn't dependent on you getting everything right. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's to delay having a difficult conversation until you're more in control of your emotions and your tongue. 
maybe it's to place yourself in another person's situation before making a decision. A really important lesson God has taught me through my mistakes is that I have to take the time to understand and weigh both sides of an argument before I declare my position. Which I've I've seen that in mm-hmm. you, even over like the last year or so. Mm-hmm. I don't know how long this has been a thing that like has been changing in your life, but I've I've noticed that in some of the conversations we've had. Oh. Where you're like very open, I, I suppose I would say, to be like you take a lot of things on board rather than being like, nope, don't agree with that. So, well, it's working. I mean, one, one of the things that happened recently that I was reminded again about this is um, um, I'm now leading the art collective that I'm a part of. Oh, I didn't know that. And Congratulations. Yeah, yeah, we don't have an instructor anymore, so somebody sort of had to be yeah. in charge. Anyway, it ended up being me. Get you. For better, for worse. And um, so I sometimes get an earful from somebody in our collective who's frustrated with somebody else or with a situation. And I kind of reacted when this first person gave me an earful without really hearing the other other side. side. Yeah. Which, you know, That's I was embarrassing. Reminded, well, and it was it wasn't awful, but it was a little bit embarrassing because what the person who gave me an earful thought the issue was wasn't even the issue with the other person. So, oh. yeah. So it was a little bit embarrassing. And if I'd taken the time to do my homework, I would have known that yeah. and handled it differently. But, you know, um, we can learn things through yeah. our, our messes and mistakes, especially if we don't, you know, beat ourselves up. About them, right? Oh, yeah. Instead of, you know, oh, what an idiot I was, it should be, well, I'm going to try not to do that again because yeah. that didn't go well. So can you think of some lessons that God has taught you through yeah. your mistakes? I was telling you at dinner, basically, I accidentally ignored one of my clients for six months. and That's quite a long time. That's a long time and a lot of revenue that we could have lost. Luckily we can pretty easily make it right with a client. It'll mess up, like, quarterly revenue, but it won't... We're not going to lose the client. The client isn't going to be, like, cheated out Short of product. Change, yeah. yeah. Um, so there, there's a solution, but it was certainly a humbling experience because it came to light while I was giving a presentation about how I'm reliable and this product is reliable. That sucked. Um, (laughs) Oh, dear. But I took full responsibility when it happened. I came up with three possible solutions and presented them and said, like, here's how I know this isn't going to, like, here's how I'm going to make sure this isn't going to happen again. And I had a conversation today with the coworker who deals with that account that said, like, I, I respected you before and I gained a lot of respect for you in that situation because of how you handled it. So... When you're not, I mean, I suppose I'd say I I learned a lot from what I did right. I, I certainly learned from what I did wrong, which was like write everything down, double check mm-hmm. everything, mm-hmm. keep records of everything. But also I learned from what I, I would say I did right, which is doesn't matter whose fault it was. In this case, it was mine. There's no getting around that. Um, just find the solution and Take responsibility, take responsibility for your mistake. Yeah, yeah absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Um, so that would, that's what I, I would call um, a mistake. Um, and I, I think it makes sense to take a minute and talk about the difference between a mistake and a sin. Yeah. We are, there are times when we are mistakers, and then there are times when we are sinners. Isn't that all the time? <laughs> <laughs> yes, 
Both? It's true. We are, yes, sort of. But okay, a mistake great. isn't always a sin, and a sin is never simply a mistake. Yeah. The difference is in our intent. Mm -hmm. Leaving my bag behind in Phoenix was a mistake. I didn't intend to do it. Having an affair is not merely a mistake. It's a sin. (laughs) The way you phrased that, you made made it sound like you left your bag on your way to having an affair. The (laughs) affair is a hypothetical example. Yes. True. It is definitely hypothetical. Um, It's interesting, though. Often when you hear an apology from a politician or an executive, sometimes even a pastor who should definitely know better, you know, for something that they've done intentionally, we hear something like this. I'm I'm so sorry I defrauded the company. Or I'm so sorry I had the affair. I made a terrible mistake. You made a terrible decision. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That is not a mistake. Like what? You You did it on purpose. You fell and hit your head and on the way down you made an inappropriate choice. Yeah. Yeah. No. Sin involves a choice. Mistakes are unintentional. Yeah. So when um, when we obey God... Um, he's asking us to swallow our pride and ask for forgiveness, yeah. to make restitution or take responsibility for the harm our mistakes have caused, which you <laughs> gave a great example <laughs> I of. I did it. You did the thing. Look at me go. Yes. No, I didn't even know this was happening today. <laughs> <laughs> so whether we simply made a mistake, even a significant one, which I, I would say yours was a fairly significant oh, it one. it could have been very bad. Yeah. Or we've sinned against someone else and or God. Whatever the case, we need to admit it, and we need to ask for forgiveness. Um, why don't you read First John 1, 9 for us? Okay. We're told if we own up to our sins, God shows that he is faithful and just by forgiving us our sins and purifying us from the pollution of all the bad things we've done. Right. So then we repent and we make restitution. So what are those two things mean repentance literally means to do a 180 it's to stop going the wrong way and start going the right way yep it's taking responsibility and facing the consequences proverbs uh, 28 13 tells us whoever tries to hide his sins will not succeed but the one who confesses his sins and leaves them behind will find mercy so confessing is just admitting yeah and leaving them behind means you've done the 180. You're, mm-hmm. you're going the, the right you're direction. You're going the other direction. Yeah. The Remember way. Zacchaeus, the tax collector, yeah. in, in Luke 19? Yeah. In verse 8, it reads, Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give back, I will give half my wealth to the poor Lord. And if I've cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. This is a great example of both repentance and restitution. Yeah. He's totally changed his business practice and and and... Is, has uh, will begin treating people fairly. That's the opposite of what he had done before. Yep. So that's the 180. That's repentance. Then he made restitution. He paid back what he owed. Well, he actually paid back four times yep. the amount that he cheated. Paid back people. what he owed with quite a bit of interest. Yes, that's like restitution on steroids. Yeah. <laughs> so even when we acknowledge our mistakes, we often can't go back and fix them. But we can move forward in healthy ways. We can gain wisdom, sensitivity, and humility. Mm-hmm. And we can learn to fight off those monsters of, of damaging self-talk and shame. So do you have a way of sort of um, recognizing when you, your self-talk is toxic? 
You know, I'm. There are certain words or certain phrases that I have, that I am working quite hard to not use. I try not to say it's hard, um, and 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 I know this isn't directly what you're talking about. I I try to say I struggle with, um, but in terms of shame specifically, I <laughs> nope. I just really struggle with self shaming. Um, I guess the, the kind of most specific I get really to try to get out of that toxicity is, um, I'm having trouble actually putting words to it cause it's kind of just a, like a, <laughs> a self like back rub, like mentally, mm. um, just like, um, it's okay. You are very small. And you make mistakes, and you also sometimes make really bad choices. Mm-hmm. You're you still a value, and God still loves you. You're still good. Not like you're still like a good person, but like you, you're not defective. Mm-hmm. There is still use for you. Mm-hmm. Um, you still have value. But I think you know one of the questions that we can ask ourselves when we suspect our our self talk is becoming toxic is to say, would I ever say this to someone else? Yeah. Would I ever say this to someone I loved? Yeah. One of the things I do with my friends sometimes, and and other people I know do with their friends, is like, hey, don't talk about my friend that way. Mm. If you hear other people, and it's not a bad idea to do it yourself. Don't talk about my friend that way. Yeah. Yeah. Because not only are should we be our own friends, yeah. but we are the precious daughters and sons, I don't know who's out there listening, yeah. of God. Yeah. I mean, you're really gonna you're really gonna talk about God's kid that yeah. way? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, their dad could absolutely beat up your dad. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. My dad's pretty big. He's a pretty big dude. He is a big Although dude. Although I don't think he could fight to save his life. No, well he's a lover. He's, he's a, a sweetheart. lover, not yep. a fighter. Yeah. So that's what we can do when we make mistakes. We can deal with our self-talk. Yeah. We can, um, you know, look at learning what we can learn from our mistake. And we can strategize to, um, you know, put steps into place that will take us back to a, a healthy situation. Mm-hmm. When we confess and repent of our sin, those things we do intentionally that we the know choices, are wrong. yeah. We learn the gentleness of one who needs grace, yeah. right? When you know you're a sinner, you are a little gentler with others who also are sinners. Yeah. And, and you also gain the gratitude of a person who knows that they are perfectly loved in their imperfection. Loved and forgiven. I have a group of friends who are so good to me, and, and we all love and support each other, but... I've been very frank with him, with the, them, him, the collective him, no, them, and they're all women, about some of my mental illness struggles, how with ADHD, sometimes I really struggle to know when I'm being overwhelming and when I'm too much. And I remember once I was leaving a party and I felt like I'd just been so annoying. And I said, I'm so sorry, guys. Like, I, I know I was too much and, and I'm really sorry you had to deal with me and like, yeah, that sucks. Like, I, I'll be better next time. And they were like, Kevin, we love you. We love all of you, mm. no matter how much you are. You never apologize for being as much as you are. And that's that's God. Hmm. 
he sees all of it and he loves all of us. Even when we're a little too much and we're annoying at a party. Or, <laughs> or we make entirely the wrong choices. Yeah. Or just make stupid mistakes. Yeah, or stupid yeah. mistakes. Yeah. Yep. Well, that is it for us today. I am Donna Carter. And I'm Kevin Pankhurst, welcoming you to Grow on the Go. Thanks for listening to Grow on the Go. Share this episode on social media and find more great programs at faithstrongtoday.com.